Welcome to the Off Trail Podcast. I'm Constantine. And I'm Magpie. And this is a show about light outdoors. Come take a step with us into what it takes to be a hiker, backpacker, rock climber, cyclist, or any other type of outdoor adventure. Let's get to stepping. Welcome back to the Off Trail Podcast. My name is Constantine, and today I have the privilege of speaking with the one and only Zoner. So, Zoner, thanks for hopping on the show with me, man. Awesome. How's it going? Doing good, man. Doing good. So, I'm stoked to chat with you. I'm really happy. Shout out um, Star-Lord for putting us together because, one, you just seem like an interesting dude, and two, I'm really excited to talk more in depth about the Hot Springs Trail. But kind of how I like to start the show off, kind of give the platform over to you and let you take the direction where you will, is with a big, broad, open-ended question, and that question is, who are you? Well, three years ago, I'd have probably said that I'm on a mission to create the next National Scenic Trail, and that, you know, I want people to eat healthy, because eating healthy equates to how you present your trail journal, Mm -hmm. and how you present your trail journal is how the general public perceives long-distance hiking. And so that could either be a bunch of horror stories or it could be a bunch of stories of like healing and triumph, you know, and mm-hmm. joy. And so I'm working towards moving on that end. And I did that for from 2006 to about 2018. And then, I don't know, I just honestly wasn't really having that good of results. I felt like, and so now a days, I'm just focused on my own goals. I'm just focused on my own hiking. And I've been doing a bunch of FKTs to just push myself. And at this point, I got 30 of those. And those are just, don't mean that you're fast. They just mean that you took the time to track your hike, that you took the time to submit your hike. And there's all kinds of ways that you can get FKTs as a hiker, which is what I do. So most of those FKTs, or pretty much all those FKTs I've done just hiking. I'm not really out there trail running. Mm -hmm. So I use goals and things like that on trail to get through, get through the hard times. And so, um, but both of those, uh, kind of tie in because, you know, um, on trail, the perception is that you're having a bunch of hard times, but I've had so much hard times off trail that for me, when I'm on trail, it's the good times, it's the easy times. And when I'm looking around at everybody having the hard times, it breaks my heart. And so that's really what makes me want to reach out because I think the only difference between what I'm doing and what other people are doing is just the way that I'm eating and that I'm approaching the hike. And there's there's techniques in the hiking that you can, you know, get more efficient, get more fuel mileage out of the food that you're eating. Mm-hmm. And then you can last longer between resupplies and then you can fortify, build yourself up from the elements so that, you know, you're not getting as deep down out there. So you last longer, set on longer adventures, bigger hikes. And, uh, and in some ways, maybe even smaller hikes, but more difficult hikes. Mm-hmm. And so more challenging when it comes to the resupply of the water lister. So I'm a little bit of an activist, but at the same time, I'm also an experimentalist. I'm out on trails. I'm trying new stuff. I'm doing things. And, you know, the lessons I learn, I share because I do have empathy for people. And I also give back the adventures that I do create for myself because... I see that the adventures that I've done on other long-distance trails were really just originally somebody's idea, and that was something that I didn't realize until I was already well into the, the trail system as far as, you know, 
clocking off trails. And then I was like, oh, dang, actually, this is somebody's idea. <laughs> and then once I realized that, then I was like, well, maybe I could take some of these ideas that I have and give them back to the community. And there was just one in particular, which is the Hot Springs Trail. And that was how I got turned on to your show. Uh, you know, speaking of Star-Lord, I'm going to call him Rogue Lord after that Nazi's Trace Trail, though. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, long story short, you know, um, yeah, I'm just on a mission, whether that's to help you, you know, improve your game on trail or whether it's to help me improve my game on trail. <laughs> and I'm just saying what I'm doing, that's working. Love it, man. Uh, either way, however you want to take it. Um, but yeah, surprisingly, I do get a lot of flack from the hiking community. I do get a lot of like, so much in fact that I'm, sometimes I'm uncomfortable on trail mm-hmm. because I don't know when I meet somebody if they're going to like attack me or if they're going to be like, oh, heck yeah, you know, because at first, you know, like I'm saying from 2006, it was pretty friendly. And then something, but when I published the Hot Springs Trail, it changed Hmm. because, and and it might be because I knew in my mind that as the creator of the Hot Springs Trail, I always wanted to use my opportunities to educate about how to survive these journeys because for me that was always more important than just the journey because if you can understand how to survive on 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 these journeys then you can take any journey and that's what it's really all about because ultimately like the hospital trail is just my journey and and really it's about you finding your journey and whatever that is and then maybe you feel like sharing that with other people or maybe you don't but that's but the experiences that you have on that journey in the moment but also in the build-up, well, and most importantly in the build-up, because that's the planning and the training and the learning and the, and the discovery. Mm-hmm. And so to present that with the Hot Springs Trail, you know, feels noble to me. Like, you know, to present this opportunity to go and have a hike, you know, and to go and have this experience and this adventure. Um, but then at the same time, it's like you're putting people's lives potentially if they don't know what they're doing at risk, or even if they do know what they're doing and just stuff happens because, you know, how it is. Whew. And so it could be gear, gear failure or weather or whatever. So it's like, I'm just kind of this dude in the middle ground up on this mountain. You know, I see these things. I try to share them and call them out like a lighthouse. I'm just kind of like, you know, hey, this is what's up. And, and but you'd be surprised how many people are just kind of like throwing rocks back at me and, instead of like being like, hey, thanks. You know, like I very, get very few you left so much to unpack already, man. So I want to get into that flack. I really want to touch on that portion of what you mean by that and what the definition of it. But I want to circle back to kind of what is your fuel, like literally and figuratively along these hikes when you talked about eating healthy. Because eating healthy for a hiker can take on a lot a lot of variety. Eating healthy can mean a lot of things. So I guess I want to unpack what that means for you more deeply. Is like when you say you're eating healthy – and fueling yourself to find deeper thresholds of pursuit and endurance or just pursuit on the trails. What does that mean for you? When you say you're eating healthy, like, what is that definition? Well, it's, it's twofold. Uh, and I learned this through going, uh, you know, I had an ACL-MCL surgery when I was 27. And up until then, basically, I was just uh, just a kid, you know, running around just skateboarding and snowboarding and not a care in the world kind of mentality and then and then I heard my ACL and my MCL basically at the same time and um, it was the first time I had undergone an injury like that and so it was a life-changing moment 
And um, when I came out of that, you know, and through that process, I was learning that, and I had a, a realization, this epiphany kind of, this, uh, I just saw this, a, a pattern because I, 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 in one sense, I was, I was studying how to recover from an injury mm-hmm. and the surgery. If I wanted to take it seriously, I wanted to be able to skateboard and stuff like that again. You know, I have a good life. I was, you know, like I'm saying, I was 27, so I'm young enough that I still got life left in me, so I'm trying to do it right. And then when I come out of it, um, I, you know, I'm ready to do the PCT, but I'm not trying to do it as a challenge. I'm trying to do it as a lifestyle and a therapy. And so I got myself set up for four months where I don't have to think about where I'm going every day. I just go. And I got my water and my sunshine and my fresh air and my good vibes and all that. And I'm doing my exercise, doing my therapy upgrade. Mm-hmm. And, you know, all the just walking slowly, walking, keeping my heart rate down, basically keeping my heart rate where you don't hear your heart beat in your temples. Yep. I, I pretty much always keep below that. And so if I start hearing my heart beat in my temples, then I stop and take a few breaths. And that's kind of like how you out, out you know, acclimize. Mm-hmm. And, and so it's like do the same thing when you're hiking and stuff, and uh, that keeps keeps the perceived effort lower, yeah. and uh, and that's another good way to get efficiency out of the hike. And so I just view it as like you know I'm looking at the view, <laughs> more so looking at the view than looking at like the miles and stuff. Yeah. And looking at the time, I'm looking at how long I'm out there. I'm not really looking at how far I'm going. And so the, those are kind of my parameters. And so. Um, so as a lifestyle, I'm, you know, as I'm learning about the PCT and figuring out how I'm going to do that, because then, you know, you start re- start, start researching PCT and everything's like 5,000 calories a day. Even back then, it was uh, 5,000 calories a day. It was just like Pop-Tarts, Snickers, Cake Frosting. And you dip Snickers in the Cake Frosting. <laughs> that, was like, that was dinner. And so at that point, at that point I, already had, I already knew because when I was researching how to recover from the surgery and the injury, it was like, stay away from all those kind of foods. Mm-hmm. The beef jerky and the donut. No, no plants on the donut day, but the, you know, <laughs> even the donut. Well, it's, everything can be done right. That's the thing. Yeah. You know, ultimately, meat can be done right. Bread can be done right. Donuts can be done right. Everything can be even candies and stuff. It can be done right. It just needs to have good ingredients and it just needs to be done with the right. Mm-hmm. So, a lot so, of times it's just those processing ingredients that are bad for it. So anyways, I learned that, you know, when I, when I was studying, like, the foods that are good for healing and, and trying to, you know, recover, and then the foods that are good for, like, propelling yourself, like the, the sports and the performance foods, mm-hmm. really a lot of those are the same. They come, they're, they're pulling ingredients from the same foods, the figs and the berries and the mushrooms and stuff. And so... I was like, dang, so you can eat one food and get the recovery and get the the energy, mm-hmm. you know? And I was like, boom. And there's only like, you know, there's a finite, there's a, there's a lot of them, but there's only a finite amount of foods. So it's like, you know, but there are like a ton of them and they're basically all roots, nuts, leaves, seeds, berries, um, grasses, flowers, you know, the whole food, and then, but that does include animals, you know, and it does include different products like animal products like the honey and uh, different things, not the honey, but, you know, honey. Uh, and there's a bunch of different kinds of honey, honey, and there's different ways to prepare honey, different things that can be done to honey. And so when you, at the end of the day, those little honey packets, 
may not even be honey. They might just be like high fructose corn syrup with some coloring and made to taste like honey. Mm. But then there's like raw, organic, backyard honey. And that has like the medicinal aspects of honey, you know, and same thing with foods. So, I, you know, my brother likes to say like, he's like, you know, until you start talking about this, he's like, I would think when I would eat apples, cinnamon Cheerios, that I was getting apples and cinnamon. <laughs> and apples and cinnamon are good for you, so it's like I eat more apples, cinnamon Cheerios, but it wasn't, I wasn't. And they said that, but then I started actually eating apples and putting cinnamon on it. <laughs> <laughs> so, I don't know. It's just kind of like that. You know, all the food can be done right. It just needs to be upgraded. So I'm not like anti-anything. Yeah. Because I think a lot of people, you know, a lot of the flag I get is like, you know, that I'm like some kind of raw vegan Nazi, you know. Mm-hmm. And it's like, no, I'm just about upgrading your food and getting the highest quality source of it. Because usually, you know, the bad parts of it are the are the the parts of it that like are to make it more profitable and make it run through the machine easier, to yeah. make it last longer on the shelf or yeah, so, those kind of things. So so I, I asked that question. And so it's like when it, it it can all be done right. You can be eating meat and bread and yeah. So I asked that question because I had a previous guest actually recently. We chatted briefly on this topic about like through hikers finding a weird displaced sense of pride in the quote-unquote trash food that they eat on a hike. But but it sounds like from hearing you talk I about... I get it, and I feel like I could explain that to you. Way because, like I'm saying, I'm kind of like a little bit zoomed out from everybody and, mm-hmm. and, and no offense or anything like that, but I just feel like, you know, it's, it's metaphorically kind of like, you know, when you're just like observing something, you know, you're consciously like externalizing something instead of internalizing it. And so, you know, I internalize being a hiker, but I also externalize it, the whole like culture of hikers. Mm-hmm. And anyways, when you're, when you're feeling deep down, it makes the journey feel more epic. You know, it's like, even if you're only doing like an 800 mile climb or an 800 foot climb, let's say, mm-hmm. an eight mile, you know, eight mile section, you know, a thousand foot climb, if you feel like beat down at the top, you're just like, yeah, you know, and it was just like, and then, and then people feel sorry for you at the trail, and like, oh, damn, like, wow, you like, that, that must have been so hard, you know, and then they give you all this free stuff, and then it's like, versus like, where if you like, just go like, oh, wow, the hill climb's already over, and then, and then people are like, hey, you good? Yeah, yeah, I'm good, hey, thanks, good team, and yeah, you know, you just keep walking, hmm. and, uh, <laughs> it's just such a different different experience and so it's like yeah I mean it's uh, and I heard Pat Clarity say on, on the first, the first show about the trail magic and I'm not anti-trail magic either but it's uh, but at the same time it's like you know I'm not like I've, I've said no thanks to trail magic way more than I said you know I accepted it yeah and um, mostly that's just because I feel like it is a lot of the trash food and I'm like hey I'm out here trying to actually like make it to the top of this mountain and then you're trying to give me some Mountain Dew which is going to like make my joints hurt mm-hmm. and make me not want to eat vegetables which is going to make me have nutritional deficiencies by the time I reach Washington. <laughs> like you're not actually doing me a favor. Okay? I'm going to be like hurting. I'm going to be walking like I got rickets by the time I reach you know, Canada. So a lot of these people were that I saw, you know, they were like in pain where I had just had four months of like superfoods. Yeah. And this cleanse, like, I had never had in my whole entire, because I grew up on Pop-Tarts. I basically grew up on the hiker diet. So I already knew, you know, all my five-mile hikes and all my 10-mile hikes before the PCT were, I had fueled with chicken sticks and Doritos and, uh, 
I wasn't really a big meat eater. I've never really been a big meat eater. Yeah. Or like fried foods. But, um... That actually, that actually makes a whole lot of sense. I've never thought of it in that line. You actually unpacked it because I've always just thought of, it's confused me about the displaced pride and diet, but it makes sense. It sounds like it's like, it's a reward system. It's giving an instant reward instead of delayed gratification of health. Like uh, Mountain Dew at a road. Yeah, yeah, because you get to the top and then you have that crash and then it's like this, it's basically like that cycle. And that's what causes diabetes in the long run and stuff. It's that, yeah. that super up and then you crash and then you up and you crash. Right. And I look at it like a fire, right? I, once I started doing you know, the same thing, like I started externalizing the digestion, the, the closest metaphor I could really find is like a fire. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, if you have a fire and you're trying to burn a bunch of trash, it's going to be all sooty and have a bunch of smoke. When, and, and I think that equates to the gas and to all the gnarly intestinal stuff and the skin disorders because if it can't come out the gut, then it comes out the skin. Mm-hmm. And so it adds to the rashes and stuff and all these salts. And the salts aren't like sea salt. The salts are the like, you know, MSG and all the sodium, you know, nitrates and nitrates that are in the beef jerky and stuff. Instead of just like real beef jerky, which is just beef now that's dried. You know, and then maybe you can put some cumin and there's <laughs> cayenne or some, you know, whatever kind of seasoning you want on it, some taco seasoning or something. But, you know, same thing, just make sure it's just like sea salt or whatever. But and those are good with the system and that, but uh, all these other uh, magnesium stearate, which is like an anti-caking agent, and a lot of the powder mixes, it's just for the machine. It's not put there for the nutrition. Yeah, dude, that makes that makes a whole lot of sense. Again, I've never thought about it along that line, but that, that clicks something. And that's what gets clogged in the joints, and that's what makes the knees ache. That's what makes the ankles swell. That's what makes the gas just, like, insane. That's what makes the skin start to get all crazy and oil, or oily. And it depends what you do because you might be heavy on the fried foods or you might be heavy on the sugar. You know, you might be heavy on the salts. Mm. Everybody's different, you know, and, it, and it's all different as you're moving through, you know, time and stuff. And that's the beauty of the body. And that's why the long distance hikes are amazing because if you can do like two or three weeks or you can do two or three months of just eating like, figs and blueberries and you know carrots and apples and almonds and and you know just the goods whatever's the best thing that you can you know the best version of you know how of whatever you're into eating you know i think there's always an upgraded version of it yeah. uh, some foods are easier to find that you know it's kind of like bread you know you get wonder bread or you can have like you know like an organic rye bread or you could have like a you know like a local sourdough something you know what i mean yeah i guess it's different levels to all the different ingredients yeah and i guess i mean the proof is in the pudding so to say right because you've revolved your life around hiking and like outdoor pursuit for so long that the proof is in the pudding like you're able to continue going on these adventures because you're fueling your body and mind the right way and i guess like that eating like garbage part of a hike it's an essential part of the learning curve but it's just important to also listen to your body and break away from it because like a lot of people that get into hiking again, could be in that 20 to 25-year-old range, especially with those first hikes, and your body can function with that quote-unquote garbage diet, but it can't. It doesn't fu- function at its highest threshold. Because when you're young, you can process that stuff way easier, but as you get older, you have to start reaching to different levels of nutrition to continue to s- still get the same returns. And like, even if you want to grow those returns, have to dig deeper into that nutritional aspect. 
And the hiking doesn't offset it. I think that's what people don't get is like, is it doesn't offset it. Like that, that is that like what you're feeling. Like when I'm, I'm walking down the trail and like, and, and when you, when your joints aren't inflamed and when you're not all like swollen and retained yeah. and, and you're not like, you know, detoxing and on all these crazy levels, uh, it, and then you just, you're more like on a cleanse, but you're kind of like, life is a cleanse. I mean, you're always cleansing and, and, and taking in new food every day. You know, you have a movement and you're bringing in new food. So it's all a chance and there's a little bit of a delay. You know, it's not like you eat one apple, you know, versus apple and cinnamon and like now they're not going to have heart disease or something like that. I mean, it's not like it's going to change the world. Mm-hmm. But over a lifetime of like, or just even over the course of a couple of months, you know, the difference between eating, you know, let's say like eating Snickers versus just eating organic almonds with, you know, whatever you want. Like for me, I like to do almonds and dried blueberries and then maybe the dried apples, you know, some walnuts, mm-hmm. dried figs, you know, even have some apple with some almonds with the almond butter. And, um, you know, just keep it more of a whole whole version of it. And then I get through to the sugar and then you look up, you know, foods that cause inflammation and it's sugar is the number one. And then you're like, what is inflammation? And it's like joints, joint pain, swelling, retention of water, gas, <laughs> all these things. But then in the long run, chronic inflammation is like a lot of different arthritis and then you get into diabetes different heart plaques and then that's what causes the heart disease and then uh, it's all these buildups buildups of the toxins and so it's like by eliminating toxins by not having that food just kind of like a filter so i look at like eating the whole foods is more like a, a, a filter food filter so if it's not a root or not a berry or whatever yeah. uh, the whole spectrum of whole foods and, and the cool thing about it for me is like it was a discovery so i was like well how many edible roots are there and i just looked into it and then i didn't like all of them i tried a bunch of them but i found the ones that i really liked you know like i like ginger i like uh yams i like uh, carrots and then you do that to all of the things you know all the different aspects of the plant or the kingdoms and maybe you try something that you're not sure Mm. The same thing with meats. Like if I just blindfold meat, it's not like I don't eat beef because I don't like it. Like I'm not like anti-environmental. I don't eat it just because I don't like the consistency when I'm chewing it, and I don't like how it sits in my gut. Mm. And but but chicken I can do. Like chicken I totally enjoy. I, like I appreciate like blindfolded. You know, just like if it's like some well cooked like like I genuinely and it sits well. So so. Um, so you, know, you just kind of taste test your foods like that. And that's what you do when you're doing therapy and stuff on food. You know, you kind of like don't eat anything and then you bring, introduce foods in and you, know, you test your food allergies. You do all these different elimination diets. There's a lot of, a lot of different techniques to figure out, you know, your food sensitivities. And so I did a lot of that. And, and it turns out that a lot of it was junk foods and stuff. And the, and the, and the symptoms I was experiencing, I wasn't necessarily associating with the food. I was associating it with the activity. So, so that's the thing. It's like, it's kind of twofold. So when you, when it's not the, because it's not the activity, it's the 
Mm. And then the activity kind of like, you know, is the stirring water. So you're putting the sediment, and you know, the water's nice and clear, and then you put put the, you know, the junk food in, and then it swirls around, and like, it, you know, it, it lands in different places. So it's like, you know, you might have like swollen feet, but somebody else might have like redness, you know, in the skin somewhere or something like that. I mean, it's, it's not... The thing about nutrition and food, it's not so finite, like, where it's, like, you eat one bag of Doritos and this happens, and then you eat one bag of, like, you know, organic corn chips, and then now this person's Superman or stuff like that. Yeah. It's not like that, but but the difference, especially in the long run, of, of not having the toxins, which doesn't burden the system, and then you don't have those symptoms, and then on top of that, you put in the nutrition, so now you everything's fortified, now you have the the systems are all on go now you can handle stuff that, that like used to be like when you're like in the deficient you know non-nutrition kind of state that thousand foot climb and that eight eight mile section like would be down to be hammered like you have all these symptoms but when you do it right or do it more like thinking about health which health to me means recovery and the propulsion aspect the mm-hmm. energy aspect you know, the ability to do things. And in that ability, it's not just energy. It's not just energy to hike miles. For me, how I look at it is, this is, you know, this is like opportunity for me to build up my field. And so it's like, where am I going? So if I'm going to the Sierra, I'm researching my foods for the altitude. You know, and that's how I learned about beets, uh, especially maca. So you hear about maca, like maca's in a lot of things. Why is maca in a lot of things? Because it's like an oxygenator which helps you when you're in the altitude. <laughs> and, then, uh, and then I learned the story about lemons and how, like, Edmund Hillary took the lemons up to Mount Everest, and he, 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 he like, you know, equated a lot of his success to the lemons. Which, and I, I don't know why I keep saying, but when you're podcasting, you're thinking in your mind, I'm like, duh, why do I put the lemons? Like, lemons. <laughs> but, side tangent. So anyway, you know, like, so lemons, and, and it's just powerful, so it's like these foods, they're simple, but they do have reason and they do have purpose. And then, so it's like when you're out there and I'm, I'm thinking about like what, so if I'm in the desert, I'm on the ADT. Well, not, maybe not right now because it's all snow, like, you know, and it should be, I mean, it's only April. So it's like ADT is like snow, like that. You should be out there in like May. Cause I think, you know, you want to be up north in like June. It seems like you want to be up there by, by April, but it's like, it's all snow. Yeah. You should go that early. So, but, so it sounds Anyways, like when you're thinking about the desert, then you're looking up desert foods and like what foods help you in the desert. And so there's certain foods, you know. So you're looking up. So I started looking up those foods, and then it's like corn, and squash, and beans, and then and then you're thinking about well, what did the natives eat back in those days, and that was those foods, and that's like well, it all makes sense to me. And so there are diets that can help you, you know. Um, succeed besides the miles to actually excel in these environments and a lot of those you know long story short can be learned through the native cultures of the areas that you're traveling to yeah. look at the food that they were eating and a lot of the reason the subconscious reason and the scientific reason really is because those foods have nutrients that build up your immune system or help or fortify your systems in a way that allows you to be in the altitude or be in the heat or be in the dryness uh, without it, you know, adversely affecting you so much. And so it's like if you go in there consciously with these foods and you're all primed up, 
suddenly the, the water of the section isn't so bad and the altitude, you know, change. Like, now it takes a couple thousand feet for me just to get warmed up. Mm-hmm. It's like I do without a couple thousand feet a day usually. It's just running around local trails. So it's like, the, I don't know, it's like, it's like, you know, you think like when you're day hiking or something like that, that people are doing five-mile days and then suddenly when you're through hiking, now you're doing 20-mile days and all mine. But actually, nowadays, man, people are day hiking like 40, 60 mile days. And then it's like, oh, you're only doing 20 mile days on a through hike? It's like, what's wrong with you? Um, because through hiking, really, nowadays, if you if you feed your system right and you don't have the nutritional deficiencies and you don't have the, the toxicities from the byproducts of the food, like the salts and the preservatives and different things, mm-hmm. um, and then on top of that, you have the nutrition to fortify yourself, it's like you just, uh, it's twofold. And so, that's the difference between like eating to heal and eating to, you know, propel yourself. Uh, it combined, and, and then, you know, because I think all about efficiency. We want our gear to be efficient. We want everything multi-purpose. And so when I'm thinking about my food, it's multi-purpose. It's helping me do those things. It's helping me heal from the, the day I just hiked, and it's helping me get ready for the day I'm about to have tomorrow. So it sounds like... And, I, and I'm looking at... Go ahead. I'm looking at my food like that. I don't count calories. You know what I mean? I'm counting like what what I'm actually going to be doing out on the trail, and then eating to reflect that. So it sounds like the message distilled that you've been trying to share these past few years, and on the podcast, is just just that the food, pretty much an entire equation of hiking. Like your body's going to have to go through any physical pursuit on uh, any hike, but the food is not just caloric fuel, but it actually like is what unlocks the level of enjoyment outside of pain and like gets through the body ache so it's it's not just like a important piece like it can be the full equation of enjoyment on a hike so dude we could talk about food food forever but i I really really want to get to the hot springs trail and kind of learn about your progression through it um the evolution of it just everything hot springs trail so yes can you define what the hot springs trail is and I, i asked that question we we were on the chat a little bit before the show and like there's a physical definition and there's, there's a definition of like what the trail is supposed to be so i guess it's a two-tiered question can, can you just set the basis and kind of define the hot springs trail welcome to our pocket snack ad break now is the time during the show during your hike during your adventure to reach into that hip belt pocket to reach into that gear pouch and treat yourself get yourself a nice little snack as we go through bit of our quote-unquote ad. Can it be an ad if we're mostly talking about our own company? Don't know. That's uh, that's for better minds than ourselves. So welcome to the Pocket Snack ad break. Um, sit down, walk, do what you will, but make sure to grab that snack as you listen in. So we wanted to talk about Eleven Skies. Eleven Skies is the company that we formed two years ago and we are hyper-focused in creating shorts and pants for the outdoors person, the hiker, the backpacker, the rafter, the bicyclist, anything and everything, built a product that will last for any adventure ahead, and it's also born, the very name is born from the 11 National Scenic Trails, so you can be proud to be representing, promoting, and bringing about awareness to the 11 National Scenic Trails, and the very trails that gave us our name and continue to inspire us. So make sure to follow along with us at 11 Skies on Instagram, Facebook, and make sure to go check out our website, 11skies.com, spelled 11skys.com, where you can learn all about us and you can get yourself some gear today. 
So that's the quick pocket snack ad break. Hope you enjoyed your snack. If you're still chewing, keep on keeping on. Let's get back into the show. really just to close out on, on the previous point is like I you know some of the some of the rads that I've been getting maybe just you know people just don't understand what I mean or they just don't understand how to apply what I'm talking about into their hikes and so then they're like they just put it off or they just think it's not for them or that it's not going to really have a difference or something like that yeah um, but you know it, it there's other outcomes that happen when you really do take it seriously and you do unlock these kind of levels because like suddenly from the PCT one, you know, things like the PCT, which is what turned me on long distance hiking as far as these big trails. Um, that could because I live out here, you know, I was seeing it all the time and everything. But uh, anyways, you know, you get out there and then, you, you know, you start thinking about other trails, but, not, but maybe that's too easy. And then you start thinking like you want to do your own adventures. And so the Hot Springs Trail came out of that just wanting to do and, and on a micro level I was already doing my own adventures just on weekend hikes you know in Yosemite and stuff like that if you think about it you're just putting together like a weekend backpacking trip and so once I what I learned on the PCT though was that basically what it is is just a series of four or five day trips and then you're just coming to a new town instead of going home and then you just go on another four, four day trip and so I broke it down like that when I approached the, trip, the trail and it made it more manageable mm-hmm. you know I wasn't thinking about Mexico to Canada I was just thinking Santa Barbara didn't even unpack that way. It was like I, 
originally I was on the Hayden Trail in 2009, right when the guidebook came out. And uh, I had the epiphany that hiked between a couple of hot springs. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people probably know that story, but it's, um, you know, it was a game changer because like I, like I had been on PCT and then I was looking for something more challenging. And so then I heard about the, the Hayden Trail and it was like, oh, dude, you know, arches, Grand Canyon, you know, on foot through, you know, like not much trails and stuff. Sounds like, oh, heck yeah, that sounds awesome. And then uh, went out there, and then uh, as I'm out there, had a snowstorm. It was kind of the same thing. I, you know, a lot of the people, they learn the lessons repeatedly every year. <laughs> and that's why I think the nutrition happens the same way. Like, a lot of people are just having, they're just relearning the same lessons every year, and they're having the same hardships every year. And there is ways to get past these hardships, and there is ways to do things that minimize or eliminate the hardships. But they require knowledge. They require application. You know, they require you actually understanding these things and, and applying them, doing them, and mm-hmm. then seeing, you know, waiting to see the results. But um, so the Hot Springs Trail for me is a therapeutic journey. It's not just a journey like, you know, to a place. It's a journey that is like the journey is like a way. Mm-hmm. And so for me, what how that way is 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 like you're in a town. And you're chilling at a cafe and you're looking up at the mountain and then you're like, hell yeah, I'm going to go up there. And then you like put your pack on and then you go up to the top of the mountain and then you look back down on town and you're like, damn, I was just right there. <laughs> and you look down at the canyon on the other side of the mountain that you couldn't see from town. You're like, whoa, there's a hot spring down there. And boom, you get down there. And then, and then you're like, damn, okay, I'm out of food. I got to get to the next town. And then you see this big mountain ahead of you. And you got to go up that mountain, and then you get to the top of that, and you see the next town down below, and you're like, hell yeah, that's where I'm going. Dude. And it's just kind of like this, you know, it's kind of like when that jungle gym, or, you know, you kind of, I think that's what it's called, the jungle gym, where you swing from one, or the monkey bars, yeah. and you swing from one monkey bar to the next. So there's kind of like a threefold monkey bar effect in the Hot Springs Trail, and it's like you're swinging from town to town, you know, Santa Barbara to Ojai, Ojai to Kernville, and Kernville to Mammoth, and Mammoth the town upon, and then you're also swinging from these summits in between like high points, and it could be passes, you know, it could be ridge ridge top walks, or it could be actual summits. But it's these high points, these lookouts, these little shoulders, little knobs, and towers, and fire towers, and stuff like that. And so you're swinging between these high points, and then looking down low, and then you're like, there you go, and and then also you're swinging between the hot springs and so and the hot springs aren't just all of that you know one word i mean there's a whole you could do a whole like there's a whole like encyclopedias about hot springs mm-hmm. it's like because the, the geology for one is so vast you know between the tropical hot springs uh, the alpine hot springs the desert hot springs and the rainforest hot springs they all present themselves differently and you see all of those kinds on the Hot Springs Trail, and you see those transitions happen as you're moving from Southern California to the Sierra, and then Sierra, and then Nevada, and then Southern Idaho, which is almost like worse than people don't think that. I think people think Idaho, and then they think, they think it's all going to be the Saltuse. Mm. But actually, like the Saltuse is like a really small part of Idaho, and the rest of Idaho is is, is pretty diverse. And Southern Idaho is, is relatively it's funny because it's gnarly in the hiker sense mm-hmm. but it's not in the landscape sense it's just like long wide flat open grasslands you know what i mean just like no water for like 40 miles just like flat 
you know, yeah. kind of thing. And it's not difficult, like, inherently, um, but it's mentally more difficult. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know how that is, but... Uh, so Southern Idaho has, like, in my opinion, the gnarliest stuff. And But the, the cool thing is, is Idaho's really open to bike packing. So when I did the Hot Springs Trail, Southern Idaho is actually basically from Wells, Nevada, which is the last town in Nevada, is Wells. I rode my bike from Wells to Stanley. And uh, the first time I had uh, um, did it in sections, and so, like, I had was able to do a lot more setup. But then when I did the actual through bike in 2016, when uh, when I got to Wells, I just hitched over to Elko and then I bought like the best, cheapest, the best, not like the best quality, but the best um, setup for what I needed. Mm. I had to have a front fork suspension. I wanted flat bars. I wanted the disc brakes. Uh, and I wanted to be able to put like a seat rack on the back. Dude. I wanted a couple of different things, but anyways, I found this bike for 200 bucks at Walmart. <laughs> I just <laughs> bought it there. And uh, so anyways, the Hot Springs Trail has this built into it because that's what I recommend in the guidebook. And I'm not sure people realize that, but most, most people just want to hike it. There. They're like, I don't want to deal with the bike pack or I've never bike packed or, you know, I hear a lot of that, but it's actually pretty fun. And then, and then it's like in the middle of the journey hop on a bike for a couple hundred miles, you blast through all the roads, because that's where most of the roads are on the Hot Springs Trail. And so it's like if you're walking through that, then you get that that time where, and then it breaks up the journey, so then you get up to Saltus, and now you're like, boom, you're soaked again, and it's just like, then you finish to Canada, and it's a great little little mix, mix up in my opinion, that I would take advantage of. And it's still a through hike. I mean, you're still going to think it's in the guidebook. That's how the book is wrote. It's a multi-sport adventure. It's not just for through hikers. Mm. Even though it's like through hikers want to own a trail. Uh, but these trails and all national trails, they get used by a lot of other people. You know, and they're mostly like, the PCT is mostly funded by like, by equestrians. It's like, everyone's this horses and this, this horse people in that one. It's like, it wasn't there. <laughs> that trail would be even more <laughs> You think it's bushwhacking now? <laughs> <laughs> Dude, well, first off, uh, I don't know. I have, after developing the trail and after, like, went through the Hot Springs Trail, you know, I went into it with the with the mentality. Like, most hikers, when I was, you know, like, when I published it, I was like, I want to stay off the horse trails, you know, I want to be on all country trails, all the country trails. But then, you know, and then I did, when I did my journey, and, uh, it was like, you know, I like those kind of trails, but I was looking for something a little more challenging. But if you're going to publish something, you're going to have it be, you know, something that maybe people aren't, that aren't so looking for that. They want something more like the PCT, something that's like nice and taken care of and has, you know, well-graded and everything like that. Yeah. Um, and so then I actually came back in 2016. When I came back, I switched all the Idaho stuff to the horse trails. So that they would be, you know, better maintained trails, and that switched up the route a little bit, but it didn't mess with the, uh, didn't mess with the, the hot springs at all. Okay. And then uh, it's a different kind of journey than your typical trail, where you're just going to go from start to finish. There's different experiences, uh, and then just to close out, I also wanted to say with the hot springs because there's also a hot springs culture, and mm -hmm. as you're going through the trail, you're having a cultural experience. Okay. Uh, well, you know, of like resort hot springers and wild hot springers, and you figure out what kind of hot springer you are, and and that's what 
I learned is like I'm not really like a mud bath kind of hot springer. I like like a semi developed mm-hmm. type of hot spring. And uh, but I don't like like a fancy you know super fancy resort either. Yeah. So um, and there's a little bit of everything on the hot spring trail, and that's what's cool. Is so it's like you can you can have your experience and focus on those. You know, I'm going to go to all the resorts, or I'm going to go to all the the, the wild ones. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, I'm going to do the multi-sport adventure, or I'm going to pure stew hike it, or, you know, I'm going to do the sections. And it's like there's so much different ways that you can approach the Hot Springs Trail that I feel like you can't really do on some maybe some of the other trails, or maybe that it's just not so presentable that you could do it that way. Mm-hmm. Dude, first so, first off, I love the origin story. Yeah, yeah, I'll talk a lot, sorry. <laughs> dude, no, no worries, man. Like, there's just a lot of information that you're trying to convey. I completely get it. But, dude, I love the origin story. I think you captured it perfectly, saying it's, like, built to be a therapeutic adventure. So, dude, I, yeah, I, I love the origin story. And it kind of brings a question to it because you built this thing, you walked this thing, you did an adventure on this thing for kind of that therapeutic piece. But... Uh, I guess what ties into that is why the choice to start bringing it towards a national scenic trail? Why the proposal and the steps to make it a scenic trail instead of just a route, a trail? Like what brought you from the Hot Springs Trail to making it want to be the Hot Springs National Scenic Trail? Yeah, pretty much the the experience I guess I had out there compared to other trails I had done at the time. Mm-hmm. Which was the just the, I guess just the Arizona Trail and the PCT. I did the Arizona Trail the year that it was designated, so I was like the last one to do it before it was designated. <laughs> um, and then now it's you know, but it was it was cool back then. But some of the sessions that I did back then, they don't you can't go through anymore. They don't have it like that anymore. And, yeah, uh, it would be a little different. I want to go back out and actually bike pack the ACT. Oh, sweet. So I guess I guess what I'm asking is the designation uh, that you're looking for in the National Scenic Trail put in place for protecting the land is a designation so more people can kind of have awareness about. I mean, I'm just like it's more for me. I just look at it like a fishing lure, and it's just like I'm just casting it out there, you know. And it's just kind of an opportunity, and people can do with it what they want. I mean, okay. if you just want to go hike it, you could hike it and have fun like that, or. Uh, multi-sport adventure it, do different things, you know, uh, make a certain vacations out of it by just, you know, hitting the goat rock, so to speak, of the of the Hot Springs Trail. Yeah. Um, well, you, know, you don't have to, like, through-hike the whole thing, but as a through-hike the whole thing, it's going to have, like, easy days and then more challenging days, and that's what therapy is. It's like, you work out and then you recover, and that's those recovery days when you're in the Hot Springs and then you're looking at the, the challenge. Um but really, just I, I, I just I saw the line, and there were so many things that happened out there. Like there was all this hot springs stuff that was already there, like Hot Springs Valley and Hot Springs Road and Hot Springs Cemetery, and, uh, and just the way that that the trails linked up, mm-hmm. and just the way everything linked up, and, and the towns, and and just the quality of the towns that it went through, and the way the road walks into and out of the towns were. Mm-hmm. the whole nature of it there's like very few spots where it's like man this is this is going to be like a real you know uh it just really unfolded itself really well um and it gives it but i did it took a bit that, that and i'm fast forward in that because that took me a lot of years to do it so it's like i already basically had 
most of the information, like 75% of the information I had for me to just do the journey myself. And so I, I thought, you know, on that kind of giving back, I thought, well, I could just do a little bit extra and make it so that other people could do this too. Mm. And that's one level. And maybe that's fine. That's good enough, you know, so just present the route. Well, and then let people do with it what they will. But then at the same time, I saw that there was really nothing, you know, honoring the hot springs on this level. And then I understood that there was a cultural hot springs experience. There was a geological hot springs experience. And then there was the therapeutic experience of the ebb and flow of going through these challenging places and then these extremely like healing type places. And for me, like the, the hot springs and the and the co-op, the natural food store, the farmer's market, those are the healing spots. And then the mountain and the miles in between them, those are the challenge. That's the, that's the workout and mm -hmm. stuff like that. And so it was a trail that's kind of designed for the scenic value because, or it was designed for the therapeutic, you know, impact, but it's basically the scenic value at the same time that, that sold me on presenting it in that way and then really it was just the opportunity for others because like i'm just kind of you know uh, i mean you've got all the national trails say scenic trails i should say um so but could you name the person who first thought of each of those trails or any of those trails uh probably the appalachian trail um avery but that's probably about it um pct no cdt no yeah there's, there's no way man there's no way and one day it'll be like that with the hot springs trail if, if it's to be it'll that's basically how it'll be because you know i could be out there and like you know really advocating and pushing it and advertising and doing all this and that but i'm not like i just i i got into its rawest form its simplest form and then I, I pitched it out on like a fishing lure and it's just kind of sitting there and people can do with it what they will. And, but I think that on the highest level, you know, like I'm saying, like you could just go out there and hike it yeah. and that's one level. And, but on another level, like you could, you could, you could actually participate in it. And yeah. Buck 30 was really good at that. See, he met, left that journal that you mentioned him on your uh, interviews. And also he gave me uh, some ideas for some, alternates around things you know for safety reasons and stuff and so that was when i came up with all the low route or the the, the cross-country bypass and basically in nevada there's a bunch of ridges that you go over and you kind of go over a ridge and then along the basin and over a ridge and so there's but you could go you know across the basin and then take a road around the ridge and across the basin and do it that way well so like uh, I, I asked this question i like to call those peak puds you know pointless ups and downs yeah so they would want to, but the thing about the hot springs trail and that's important to understand is that when you take the low routes and you take these bypasses, basically like when you're coming out of town, you're walking on a road and then you hit the mountain and then you're walking on a trail and then you go a little bit of tra trailless in, in Nevada or you're just walking on a trail. Mm -hmm. And then you hit a road and then you come into the next town. But if you take a road around the mountain, then you're like road out of town, road around the mountain, road into town. Well, then all the hot springs trail seems like it's a bunch of road. <laughs> it's like, oh man, the road is just so much road. It's like, well, yeah, because you missed all all the trail parts. <laughs> yeah. So it's all perceived, you know, like it's like, but you know, you gotta want those mountains, you gotta want those ranges and like those experiences and stuff. But that to me, that makes it sweet, so much sweeter when you get to to 
you know, the, the, the hot spring. And then just another thing I wanted to fill in on your show specifically, just about the out and backs that people might not understand is that, you know, the hot springs mileage is actually includes the out and backs. And so if you, if you're skipping the out and backs, theoretically, like you're skipping miles. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you know, and people want to be all purist about the claiming of through hiking. And I'm not saying anybody here on the, on the hot spring trail is, but just the culture of hot spring or the culture of through hiking is all about like through hiking, right? Yeah. And so, but if you're missing all the out and backs, then, uh, I don't know. So, and same thing with the ridges and the summits. It's like, if you're missing all that, well then, I don't know, in my opinion, you need to really hike hot trails, what I would say. But well, I'm just, I'm just laughing. But you know, everybody has their own levels of like what they're trying to do. And so, when you're offering a book and you're offering a trail, I can't, I can't take into consideration everybody's hike and how they're going to do it. All I can do is present the line. Yeah. And the line is a certain amount of miles. It goes to a specific finite places. And you're either on the line or you're not. And and it's fine to be off of the line. And I encourage being off of the line, you know. But I think just like other trails, some of the complaints come from being off of the happened when they were off of the line. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? What, what? So it's like, but I don't know. So and and so with the out and backs, the thing is, is the out and backs. That's where where most of the good soaks are. That's where most of the solitary soaks are. And so it's like if you're missing the out and backs, then you get to the easier hot springs. And then of course it seems like there's always people. There's people at every hot spring. It's like, well, did you do any of the out and backs? No. That's <laughs> like, well, that's where all the fun's with the people. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, it, 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 it makes me laugh, but. It's all in good fun, and then it all depends on what you want. See, that's the thing. Like, if you want hot springs, then that's your journey. But you know, that's what I appreciate about Buck Thirty because he was looking more for the landscape and the miles in between. And so his goal was was the miles, and his goal was the the like Santa Barbara to Canada and walking across Nevada, and, you know, doing these things with, and doing it, you know, an adventure that few people had heard of or had done. Yeah. He had his own set of goals, and he met all those goals. He had a successful through hike, and he donated to the trail, and he improved the trail through his donations and his submissions, and then um, that's another level. But then the next level, even above that, is is like, well, you know, all the, is realizing that these national scenic trails don't build themselves. And so it's like if people don't advocate for them, if people aren't into them, then they'll never done. That's just how it is. And so I'm not trying to force a trail. I'm not trying to be a one-man show and, like, get it all the way through. And then next thing you know, it's like, because I, that just wouldn't be right, in my opinion. So it's like, it needs to be something, for one, that people, like, really love, which I do, like, compared to, like, the other journeys and everything. Like, boom, it's so there. And just with a little bit of trail work and a couple of signs, and, like, we're good to go. Yeah. Uh, and even maybe some new trail work around some road sections. Um so if people aren't into the route, you know, and then if people don't see the same value, the inherent value, which I think hot springs, you know, I didn't realize the value of it. I just thought there were places to go party. Mm-hmm. You know, at the start of this journey, I was like, I'm gonna go hit these hot springs and party. And then, uh, but then I went, but then as I'm making the trail, I'm like, holy smokes, there's so many. I started understanding the geology of hot springs. I started recognizing the beauty of it on the landscape. I started seeing like how many different kinds of hot springs there were and how many different kinds of hot springers there were. And I'm just blown away. And then I'm like, dude, this is something different that I've never experienced. 
but I've always been looking for in these other trails because when I was planning for the Hades and the Arizona Trail and the PCT and the Colorado Trail and the other trails I've done, I always the first thing I do is where's the hot springs and where's the summits. Yeah. And then I plan my zero days, I plan my resupplies around that. Well, I, I asked the question about the National Scenic Trail designation because in my head, like you said, there's not really a National Scenic Trail that has the flavor of the Hot Springs Trail or even the therapeutic goal. Like, you could argue the point that every hike has a quote-unquote therapeutic goal, but, like, the creation of a trail for, as you said, a therapeutic adventure it gives a more variety and flavor to the National Scenic Trails as a whole. Because, like, there's so many National Scenic Trails that are front country travel, are built just to kind of give these communities, like, a large trail system. But uh, that's why I was so much propelling the thought of the designation, because it could be designated as just a regular route. It could be designated as a regular trail. It could be designated as anything. But I really am curious about the designation and the kind of journey towards it so are you in the awareness grabbing stage are you submitting kind of any papers toward no, no i mean i am no i i no i could get this thing all the way through by myself mm-hmm. basically like all you have to do is it has to you know go through the environmental impact statement it has to be signed off by each individual forest service each individual agency you know each individual district and jurisdiction get all that signed off and then you have to get it signed off by each representative of each district that you know all the counties and stuff and then you go bigger and bigger and then up to the state and then into the national and then the national is like the final one and then boom that's like one dude signs it off he just stamps it he's not even a hiker he's like a bureaucrat well most of them are all bureaucrats i wouldn't even have to deal with any hikers that's the thing it's just a bureaucracy but like i'm saying that just wouldn't be right to me that wouldn't feel right a national trail needs to be a national type effort or at least a communal effort and so it's like people hear about these ideas and then they become compelled and then they start organizations or they do activist work you know they start groups you know that's how the facebook group started on for the hot springs trail with somebody else yeah and and that's how about the thread you know Buck 30 started that on the post or and got the topic going, you know, and then like you have me on here and then that puts it into the podcast, you know, it's like different, different activist work. And then the more activist work that happens like that, then it becomes something through that work. But I'm not, I'm intentionally not doing that myself because like I said I just don't think that it would be right even though even though I could and so it's like but I've been very clear about that from the start that actually, and so it's like so yeah I do present this trail as a route and like I said that's what it is it's a designated route but it's a route that is a national scenic trail proposal because pretty much like you could turn this thing it's already but that's the beauty about using existing trails and routes and roads is that these things have already been approved yeah, because they're already there. So it's like you're connecting, like you're connecting these otherwise random trails, and and then giving the whole little system no, that, a name. That makes. But the cool thing is, is like then you can use that name for grant writing and purposes and everything to get the trail work done on these individual segments that otherwise you wouldn't be able to do. So I see it like a leverage piece. Yeah, you know, that, that could be used to do trail work. 
it could be used to create something like that we could go party on. Because that's what most people are probably going to want. They want they want the hot springs trail that they can go out and have the most epic hike they've ever had. But it's like, but but really, like there's other opportunities out there to go out there and start something that can like you know help people heal, or that can build bring an economy. Because really, what I'm trying to do too with it is to bring economy to these resorts because. You know, they do go under, and it's like things have changed on the trail. I haven't been out there in a lot of years. Um, some places I most The last time I was out there was 2018, so. But most places I haven't been to since 2016. So, so it's been a while. Things change. Um, and really my work, you know, and on that same level, like my work is really just a direct reflection of the, of the amount of support or activism I see other people doing. I don't mind being the person you know, who ultimately does all the bureaucratic, but I'm only going to do it if enough people are like, yeah, like, dude, this is so worthy, you know, but some kind of work or testimonial or whatever, but at this point, it's only been a handful of people, and so it's like the last few years, I've just really just pulled back and just been working on my own goals and my own aspirations and just, which the hot springs I was, so it's not like I'm giving up on my dreams or anything, it's like, I already lived my dream. I already had that. For me, that was like 2009 to 2016, and I decided to get it back. I spent a few years advocating. You know, I got a lot of pushback and stuff. Not from, like, people of the Hot Springs Trail. Like, I've never gotten pushback on the Hot Springs Trail. I, I feel like people, like, are like, wow, oh, yeah, that's a cool idea, and then that's about as far as it goes. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, well, and I don't know why, because, like, Buck 30 says, anybody who gets out there is like, like, it's a no-brainer. Yeah, um, but I don't know from the couch or whatever. It's just like it just uh, and, and Buck there he's very clear about that. He's been on a few podcasts I've actually heard where he's just like, I don't get it, and it's like, but I think I do get it because I think with my nutrition, I turned a lot of people off. That this is my own opinion, but you know I do have some evidence to back this up. Is that in the early years, I because of my take on nutrition, a lot of people don't want to support my trail now, so they don't want to. You know, a lot of the gear companies, a lot of the other podcasts, a lot of the uh, trail organizations and stuff, they don't want to support the Hot Springs Trail because by default that means supporting me, which means, you know, advocating for vegetables instead of junk food mentality, advocating for accountability instead of ibuprofen, you know, advocating for like, you know, less trail magic and more, you know, self-responsibility. People, people need to take more, more developing your skill before you take these big journeys instead of like having all this chaos happen on the journey. And now it's the journey's fault. Now it's the trail's fault because that's, that's my whole advocacy thing. And why, why I would talk to people on these shows is because so much suffering gets blamed on the trail and it's not the trail's fault. It's like people's techniques, people's approach to the way that they're, they're timing, you know, and how they're, you know, even, you know, the gear thing is not so much, but it's just how you use the gear, the timing that you're approaching certain aspects and, and the way that you fuel, fuel the hike and you think about things like that. It's well, you, so much suffering I see. You had a very good talking point when you mentioned, when you asked me if I could name the people that created the 11 National Scenic Trails, and I barely named one. So it's like people need to take bias out of trail creation. People need to take opinion out of trail creation because a trail is a, it's a living organism, but it's also an unliving organism. 
doesn't matter who creates it. Ultimately, that name. Yeah, that's why I stepped away. That's why I stepped away because I want the because I want the trail to be its own organism. You know, its own has to have its own community of supporters and and advocates, and I want to see what they do with it and where they take it. And I'm down to help too. You know, just ask. Yeah. And I've always been really clear about that. Uh, but I'm not going to be the one to do it because I have other dreams and aspirations, and plus, just in my heart, I don't feel that that would be right for me to be the one person just force it to say all the way through. And because I know it could be done, it's just like uh, and I think I hope that makes sense. You know, especially people who might be following me for a long time or have heard of me for a long time, because then then they see it's like, wow, yeah, because you know I remember him talking about all the food and stuff, and then it's like. Yeah, but then that makes people accountable, you know? And then it also makes it like, um, I don't know, like a lot of the, the, the whole, that whole like trick or treat mentality of just like, knock, knock, you know, hey, I'm out here, I threw a can I get some free candy? Um, like, I get it. It's like, you know, it's, but at the same time, um, I just, I personally can't live like that because it, it, I feel the joint pain and I feel the, The message of this trail distilled, it makes sense to me. It, it sounds like you want the heart of a national scenic trail before it's a piece of paper. And it sounds like you can make that piece of paper happen, but then there's that not the heart there. So, like, it's really, it's an aspirational goal because, like you said, you could push it through the bureaucracy and have it designated as a national scenic trail, but that's a piece of paper. It's not the feeling, it's not the love, it's not the connection that of a national scenic, scenic trail. It's there without the heart. So you want the heart before that piece yeah, exactly. of paper. Exactly. No, you need like the group there, and the advocacy, and the whole. Yeah, it, it takes away from and the. So, and I feel like I've been pretty, pretty clear about that. But you know, it's like I understand you don't want to step in and you know just take responsibility and this is what we're going to do with the trail and, and that's what I mean. I'm down to help out and stuff like that. But I, I but people who have donated and it hasn't been just about thirty. There's been a couple people though. It has only been a handful of people, but when people submit their ideas for the trail I incorporate them into the trail and that's what's cool about this top, this period of time because I have my own ideas of what made the trail awesome but there could be more of the things that I missed or didn't see and so it's like I'm also giving the trail opportunities for people to submit their ideas so that we can be improved before it finally gets sent and then also so that you know people like Buck 30 and adventurers who want to 
do and me like how I talk to Hey Duke. It's like, you know, we wanted to do stuff kind of early, you know, when there's not a lot of info on it. It's not about that. I got, that's not the goal. It's just that, like, I don't know. I just feel like you, you're, you, you hear about things sooner or you, you, you don't have as much of a hesitancy if there's not a lot of information to go for something. You know, it's almost like, you know, it's, I, I play it to kind of like a movie. Like sometimes there's there's some people who want to see the previews and they want to see all that trailer, the trailers mm-hmm. before they commit to the, go see the movie. And then there's other people who don't want to see that. They just know based off the title or based off the actor that they're going to go watch that movie. Yeah, that makes and sense. I'm kind of more like that kind of and I'm more of that kind of a person. So it's like when I think of like, like I'm getting ready to do the Order Green Coast Trail and I'm thinking like, it's not because of like, I'm not trying to really do, you know, I'm just thinking like of the coast and the beach and that kind of stuff, you know, and, and I don't know. So it's, and there's not a lot of information, but I'm not looking for tons of information anyway. So yeah, Zona, we, we could be getting into this for, forever. I just yeah. want to, I, 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 I want to start trying to wrap this up here, man. It's a lot of information to unpack, and I hope people that are listening will go to your website, and I'll, I'll link all of that at the very end of the show. But as we try to wrap up here, man, I just want to ask one question for you, and it's about the hot spring trail. So I usually ask at the end of the show, what does the quote-unquote trail mean to you? And I guess I could still ask that in a generic sense, but since we've spent so much time talking about the hot springs trail, I might try to ask it more specifically. So... What does the Hot Springs Trail mean to you? I mean, it's an opportunity. Really, long story short, it's for, for, for the journey itself, it's an opportunity to either, you know, beat yourself down, go party and just, like, not think about your health or nutrition, or it's an opportunity to build yourself up, you know, to just, like, cleanse, heal, get out there, do some work, do some therapy, and smack them good. <laughs> and it's also an opportunity as, as an activist to partake in something, you know, to be, be a part of it, whether that's journaling as a as a, a user of the trail, or you know, being a builder and doing some trail work, going out there and actually doing some maintenance on some of these sections, or whether that's being an advocate and, and you know, promoting the trail and posting about the trail and sharing about the trail on the social media and stuff like that, and then going all the way as far as like really advocating for it like approaching other groups and just letting them know because the more time that these groups and the agencies get approached and they hear about it then they're like oh now they see support you know a lot of people are asking about this you know we should check into this love it it's like one guy like hey i got this great idea like they don't take it as seriously and that goes with book agencies with even with podcasts it's like if i come to you and be like hey i got this trail idea like it's awesome but but, but the fact that Buck 30 has done all these hikes, and he's like, dude, the Hot Springs Trail. And then it's like Chandler has done all these hikes, and he's like, boom, the Hot Springs Trail. It's like, that's not me saying that, you know? And so you, you, it, it, adds, it, you, give, you give me, like, the credit, it gives me the credibility or whatever. But it's, so it's, you know, it's all opportunity. It's opportunity for me to present my, my creativity and to, to do a journey that, that's my style of like hard days up to the summit and then chill days at the town and at the hot spring. Yeah. Um, and, the, and then it's an opportunity for the people. So it's, it's equally, equally, um, it's equally a journey that you can take in the physical, but it's also a journey that you can take with you 
on other trails and other places, and you can participate in this trail without actually being on it. Love it, man. It's a thing. Yeah. And don't let and don't let like the food thing hold you back because my my take on nutrition, like you're saying, it should be separate from the trail because the trail, like it's not fair to hold the, the potential of this trail back because I'm like promoting vegetables over candy, you know. Yeah. And I feel like that's kind of like what happened is like, um, you 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 defined it succinctly. It's an opportunity for people to reach out and grow awareness around trail, grow community around trail, grow a building trail that has a lot of opportunity and potential. So, yeah, man, you, you succinctly put it perfectly. Yeah, so, so I, I appreciate your show because I do appreciate, you know, any opportunity that I do have to talk about nutrition and then also just to, um, to hear the support. And so, yeah, just for you to contact in and saying, you know, like that you want to hear more about the Hot Springs Trail, like that's a show of support. And so it's like, boom, check that on here. That's a tangible thing that I can show the powers that be. Hey, look, we've got support for this trail. Definitely. And, you know, and the more things that we have like that adds value to the trail. It adds credibility to the trail where when the time comes that we want it, like you're saying, when we when it comes to the person putting the stamp, it's like we got this whole stack of testimonials and this whole stack of, you know, credibility and stuff like that. You're making me want because all we need is the stamp. We don't really need the credibility in the testimonials. We could technically get it done without that, but I just don't think it would be right, you know. And for me, the fun part and what I'm actually trying to generate is the testimonials and the credibility. So, yeah, man. I uh, appreciate you for that. And just, yeah, hopefully the listeners will put in their two cents. And that could be just a comment about the trail. That could be like an idea for the trail. Or that could be, you know, let, let, let's see what you got with the trail. What kind of journey are you going to put together with the Hot Springs Trail? Because there's tons of different kinds of journeys that you put together. And the, through, the purest through hike is just one of them. Yeah, you make... And so, yeah, looking forward to what, what, what I hear from people's stories in Chandler. He's a boss. He's going through section by section. And yeah. Buck 30, they did flip-flopping his own way. He loves flip-flopping. And, yeah, it's cool. People do it their own way. You make, you everybody can successful, and that's... that's uh, that's awesome man you make me want to go hike it man the way you talk it up it sounds really beautiful so it's going to be put on the list for sure man and definitely i love spreading awareness about trails man it's been it's been a joy to talk to you and get to learn a little bit about it so very last piece of the show man i want to give it over to you again and let you let people know where they can seize that opportunity reach out become part of the trail learn more about the trail so yeah the platform is yours um, well, like I said, I haven't really been making too much social media the last couple years, but I do still have the Hot Springs Trail on Facebook and Instagram, and then YouTube, you can look it up. I mean, you can just put in the Hot Springs Trail, especially if you put in an official guidebook or uh, area zoner. And area zoner, you know, that's my trail name. Uh, my real name is Steve Thompson, but that's a 13th most common name in America, according to Google. So, uh, but yeah, area zoner just kind of represents, you know, that, that like externalized you, you know, looking at looking at things from far, trying to always look at the bigger picture. And yep. that's really how I understood nutrition and its impact because when you're out there day by day on the trail, you're thinking about, you know, the next mile or the next rest break, but really you need to be thinking about the next trail and the next, you know, period of life and things. And then you start taking the food more seriously and you start realizing that, like, these hikes are, I look at them like metabolism generators and you're hiking and you metabolism up that you just smash this like superfoods and you rebuild yourself and it's like you do that day after day after day it's like you carry eight pounds of superfoods and it's just like i have that mentality and so i'm just building myself up and over time like i can feel it just getting stronger getting more resilient 
and uh, the, to the altitude, the elevation, the water list, all these things that, you know, we need for these long-distance trails. So experiment, try it out. It, it, yeah, I know you're going to have good results with whatever you do. And, and if you don't, you know, like Buck Thirty said, you can just stick with the little bevies in the diet coke and just try the trails your way. And, <laughs> It really doesn't matter at the end of the day. So this is just my personal goal, but don't let my personal goal affect your thoughts of the Hot Springs Trail because, uh, yeah, this is uh, this is something special. So yeah, I appreciate the opportunity you come on and talk about it. Yeah, and uh, that's where you can find it: hotspringstrail.org. Perfect. I'll link it all in the show notes. And thank you again, Zoner, so much for the time, man. Well, that'll do it for this week. We hope you enjoyed our conversation. If you enjoyed it, please feel free to pop on over to Apple Podcasts or whatever player you use and leave a rating and a review. It helps other people find the show. This podcast is brought to you by Eleven Skies, gear that will change with you, not for you. So give us a check out at elevenskies.com, and that's the show. See you next week.